You're listening to the Simple Pen Podcast. Pinterest for business advice that goes down smooth and easy. Here's your host, Kate All. Hey there, and welcome back to another episode of the Simple Pin Podcast. I'm your host, Kate All. I'm the owner and founder of Simple Pin Media. We're a Pinterest marketing agency. Today's podcast is such a delightful story. I just finished recording it with Susie of the Mediterranean Dish. And we're talking about a Pinterest success story of a food creator. And it is really easy to look from the outside in at a success story and think it happened overnight. But we very clearly go into the details of how that was not the case. And so what Susie started in 2014 as a simple way to pass on recipes from her childhood to her daughters became a company that reached new levels because she was very strategic about where she put her focus. And that's not a business focus. It was a personal and a mental focus. She's developed a food line. She's written a cookbook. There's so many good things in this story that I want to share with you. So this is one of those podcast episodes. Put in your earbuds, go for a drive, go for a walk, walk on the treadmill at the gym, which is what I do these days because it's really cold outside. And I just want you to just be encouraged by the story and the business that Susie has built. It's really, really inspiring. Before we dive into the podcast, I want to tell you about something that we're doing new here at Simple Pen Media. We want to give you the latest Pinterest information. We want you to join us in a conversation and you, we want you to hear from our team of experts. So we're going to host our very first Pinterest town hall. During this live event, you'll get to hear from our team regarding those latest updates, what's working, what's not working, as well as ask any of your Pinterest questions from our panel of experts. This event is not intended to sell you anything. Although we may mention our products, it's not intended to sell and it will not be recorded. It's simply to come together to talk about the state of Pinterest and how we can offer support, help, encouragement, and help you reach new heights in your business with Pinterest marketing. So go to simplepinmedia.com slash townhall, one word, to learn more. Alrighty, let's dive into my episode with Susie. Hey, Susie, welcome to the Simple Pin Podcast. Hey, so excited to be here. Oh, I am so excited to chat with you. And um, like I was telling you before, this for our listeners, I think is just going to be such a delight because you and I have such a long history with each other. And I say long because, you know, in the online world, like six years is like one million. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so. so Ancient. We are ancient. We're so, it's just so, I'm so delighted with this because I, I just want everybody to know like anytime we happen to see each other in person, I think the last time we saw each other was at the Everything Food Conference, I think yeah. in 2019. Yeah. It's just like such a joy. And I think that is the cool thing about our online community is that like, yes, we see these bits and pieces on Instagram or we see them in other places. But when we really get to sit face to face with people, there's just such joy and community that you realize like this whole crazy online world brings you together in this cool way. So I'm excited to like introduce you to my listeners because I hope someday they get to cross paths with you in person too when conferences happen and they get the delight of you know, what I've been able to experience too. Oh, so thank you. I feel the same way. I'm so blessed to have your friendship and I can't wait to talk about all the things. I know. So let's start with how you got started with your business, the Mediterranean dish, because it's such a cool story. And it was 2014, correct? Correct. Yeah. Um, well, it wasn't always a business as many of us probably kind of start. It was, uh, I was in transition. We had moved from Michigan to follow my husband's career. And he, at the time, was in insurance. And I had had a really long career in fundraising and marketing and nonprofit. And I loved it all. And suddenly, I found myself just kind of not... I was a little bit kind of depressed for a time because I didn't know what to do and who I was and I had wrapped myself up into my career so much that it was very hard to pause. 
and I had a little a little one at the time, and my husband's like, yeah, you know, you can take a break. I couldn't take a break, and I tried to get back into full time, and you know, I don't know. It just so happened that those opportunities didn't work out, and one day. One fateful day in 2014, my husband came home and he's like, hey, he had been, he commuted to work and he's like, hey, you know, I've been listening to these podcasts and there's this thing that people do where they actually like have their own websites and share their own recipes and stories. Why don't you do that? And I just like paused for a moment and I thought, now, why would I do that? (laughs) Why would I do that? And he's like, well, you know, because you love to cook, you love to write, and why not? And I think in I think in his head, he just wanted to get me off his back. I was just too much. I was like, oh, I got to do something with my time. I got to do something. You know, so it was like that constant feeling of like something is missing. And so I'm like, well, you know, what the heck? I can do it just for the mere fact that I would have some sort of a virtual recipe box for my daughters one day. They maybe maybe they will cook the recipes that I grew up with. And so I really did start it more for their sake, for just to have a place to document the flavors of the Mediterranean, the place I grew up, uh, and just like just share the recipes with them. At some point they would cook them. And and you know, and he was like, no, really, like, there are people who do this for a living. And he he really had more of a vision for it than I did. Mm-hmm. To be honest, I was like, yeah, sure, <laughs> whatever. Uh, so I started it and I didn't do a whole lot with it for a couple of years, but I would once in a while just post something and let it be and crappy pictures and all that. And I wasn't even on social media for a good bit of time. Like, I did not use Pinterest for mm-hmm time I did not use Facebook for a time and like I was a late comer to Instagram I was one of those very reluctant people um, but here we are so many more years later and my husband had quit his career in insurance and he now is the president of the company and we're doing this thing together with a team of people and I feel so blessed that I am able to share now with a few million mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, and I think the best part of that story is you're like, I think he was just trying to get me off his back. And now he's with you full time. <laughs> so now I'm really not off his back. <laughs> exactly. He added more to his plate. Yeah. So I want to go back a little bit to you sharing. Tell me a little bit about your upbringing, right? Because that is what's infused so deeply into these recipes. And you said, you know, I wanted to create this recipe box for my daughters. Like, well, yeah, just tell me about like where you grew up and how food was just a really important part to you that you were able to make that connection of these recipes need to be passed on. They're not just a moment in time that I get to hold from my upbringing. Yes. Yeah. So I grew up in Port Said, Egypt, which is a, a city right on the Mediterranean and is uh, the north entrance to the Suez Canal. And so it's a port city right on the Mediterranean. Everyone did everything around food. You really literally could not stop by somebody's house or visit someone in their office or anything without being offered something to eat or drink. Uh, And just like that part of the world in general, uh, there is just a philosophy of interconnectedness and hospitality uh, among uh, countries of the Mediterranean. And I grew up with all that. So my dad would take me with him to the souk, the open market. He would take such care in teaching me how to pick out the best produce. But I, what I remember the most of those moments with him out in, in that very busy market was where the moments where he would just pause and stop and it's busy and loud, right? Like everybody's calling for you to come get their tomatoes or oranges or whatever they're sell they're selling. And my dad just had a knack for finding those, you know, frail, quiet, maybe widowed people like sitting on the ground with a small, you know, um, collection of items that they are trying to sell. And they're not 
yelling out for anyone, not trying so hard, but they have maybe some herbs or some fruit or whatever. And it's the last of what they had. And my dad just had an app for finding those people who like needed to be taken care of, I suppose. And he would just like lean over and have a conversation with them. And then he would proceed by whatever they had left in their, in their uh, stock, so to speak, in their, you know, uh, their cart. And I would just be looking at him like, we just bought oranges. Like, and why are we buying more of the same thing? And I was so small, but I now look back and I think about the things he used to say to me would like turn around and he'd be like, you know, now that we bought the last of whatever she had with her, she can go home and rest. It's our job to take care of the widows in our community. They feed us and we turn need to help feed them. And just like it was for him, my dad was a pastor. He was very well known in the area. And for him, the trip to the market with me was not really so much about collecting the ingredients for what we were going to eat today or the next day. It was more about, he's got to go check on these people and chat with them and like, see what they need. And so people knew who he was and this is a crowded place. Like, but they would look for him when he would come by and they would ask people of different faiths too and backgrounds. They weren't Christian or anything like that, but they would like, you know, make sure that they would wave at him, like to come talk and he would take a, the time to hear their stories. They'd ask for, you know, whatever prayers, advice. Sometimes they just wanted to share. And, and in the process, we bought our, our, uh, our produce or whatever uh, for the day. And for him, that was just, it was more about community Hmm. and more about building these relationships. Hmm. And in the process, we, went home with whatever my mom had to cook that day. <laughs> yes, a bunch of oranges. That's yeah, what it's going to be. Whatever whatever you happened upon. And so like she would sometimes scratch her head like, we didn't need more potatoes, but okay, we'll find a way. You know, we'll turn them into the most amazing dishes. And our table was always full of people. Like people would buy and eat with any time, any, any day of the week. That's kind of the thing that I really now look back on and I really think about, yes, it was we had, we were so blessed to have access to bright flavors of the Mediterranean. We we were, as a port city, there were influences from all over the Mediterranean, Italy, Greece, Turkey, Spain. We had, we sampled these flavors sometimes without even thinking about it. Like the lines were quite blurred as to where something came from necessarily. And we shared a lot with, you know, people from different parts of the Mediterranean. And it was this like unspoken code, like we do the same things. Like we'll cook the the grape leaves with our own Egyptian twist on it. And and our Greek friends are going to cook it differently. And our Lebanese friends are going to cook it differently. But it was something we all celebrated. It's like this big... The word Mediterranean, it's the middle sea, right? So everything pulled us together around this whole concept of hospitality and bright flavors that we were blessed with in that sunny part of the world. And there was always something about community and getting together and caring for one another. So those are the things that I, I feel are more and more now that I've been doing this for a while and I've been able to write some of these stories in my latest book, I feel like those things are equally important to pass on to our kids than just the, just here's a delicious meal. There's, there's something behind this meal. And, and now I kind of look back on what my dad was trying to do. And I'm like, he taught me how to pick tomatoes, but he also taught me how to listen for those who need the help. Mm. I love that so much. And I, I thank you for sharing all of that, because I think now that you share that, 
I see so much of that in what you've created now, right? And I think you said it, you're like, I'm now to this point where I can look back and connect the dots. And I think back at that 2014 moment where you were, you know, listening to your husband and thinking, I don't know if I want to do this, but I can first connect the dot of I'll create a recipe box. I'm not going to jump into a business because that feels not connected to purpose or something, but it feels it's just one thing. But this thing over here, the beginning of a recipe box has now unfolded as I've seen it over the years into all these other places that now make so much more sense. You know, you've sourced your own olive oil and spices and all of these things that I want us to get into in a minute. But I think just even watching you from the outside these last six years, seeing you've brought those pieces in and that I think is very commendable for a business owner, because sometimes we do get caught up. And I, I know too, from your story, you have at times too, like we all get caught up in this grind of Google updates or Pinterest updates, or am I doing it right or wrong? But I think now looking back, you've maintained that thread and probably are, I would say, seem more grounded in your purpose yeah. now and connected to your history than maybe you even realized probably three years ago. Would that be correct? Yeah, that is so true. And thank you for these encouraging words. I honestly, I feel like the longer I've done this, the lo- the more that I have had to go back to those moments and had to remind myself of what really matters because what we do in this, uh, in this media and this uh, publishing business is a grind. Like it, is nonstop for all of us. And I have to do it all sometimes. And, and sometimes it, it does lose its sweetness, but it has helped me a ton to be able to once in a while, just, just think about the purpose, why behind what I do now. And it wasn't always this way. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. So let actually, let's talk about that. So go 2014. You're like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to start this recipe box. And then I'm going to begin to unfold it from there. When would you say you had that moment of the switch flipping for you? Like, oh, this can be a business, not just a recipe box. Yeah, it was. uh, So we started in 2014 and... By 2016, it was the fall of 2016, we were now on our second move from Des Moines, Iowa to Atlanta, Georgia. And by then, I realized there's no way I'm going to go back to work full time now. Like I've been out for a while and it hadn't worked out. I did some consulting and fundraising, which was amazing. And it gave me a taste of like what difference I can make if I tried something on my own. And then, um, one night in the fall of 2016, like we were starting to make tiny bit of money, wasn't a big deal. And I thought to myself, you know what, maybe, maybe this can turn into something. And uh, Saba, my husband was on a trip for work and it was just, it was one October night and I hadn't been taking good pictures. And I decided, you know what, I'm going to learn how to take pictures myself. And I so I signed up for some online classes. I picked up a camera. I'm like, let's see if I can do something more with it. And by that point in 2016, people had found the site somehow. I wasn't doing all the things. Like I wasn't doing good SEO. I wasn't doing Pinterest that well. I wasn't like, I didn't know what to do. But people somehow stumbled upon the site and we had gained some momentum and people would email and say, hey, my doctor prescribed the Mediterranean diet and I've been on search for recipes and everything seems so complicated and too chefy except until I found you. And those words were so encouraging to me that I thought, you know what, if other people are partaking of this information and of these recipes, I should probably do a better job of it. So I began to slowly just, you know, put my head down and decided to consistently produce. And I wasn't posting too many uh, recipes a week, but I just had, I gave it, I gave it more attention and I decided I'm going to do this 
a little bit more consistently and I'm going to be thoughtful about it. I'm going to try to grow my community and see who else I can help. And so it was, it was that moment in time in, in October uh, 2016 that I just kind of decided, let's see what happens next. Maybe I can, maybe I can make just enough money for like, I don't know, shoes. Right. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that's it. So I just kind of started at it and it was more, more than anything, it was just consistency and mm-hmm. it was like uh, continuing to learn and listening to what people wanted uh, and doing more of it. Yeah. And that consistency is, that's the hardest thing, right? I was actually even telling my daughter that this morning. I'm like, these are the, these are the moments where you break through ceilings, but it doesn't feel good, right? Like it doesn't feel good to try to keep posting on Pinterest when you don't know if it's actually working or to keep doing um, these blog posts or keep trying to get better at photos. And you feel this sense of defeat and you're like, this is this actually going anywhere? Is it actually doing anything? And we don't live, despite what the ads will tell you, we don't live in this overnight success world. It takes years. And that's, that's boring, to be honest, sometimes. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. it's a lot, honestly. And, and, uh, and it, 99% of the time, it just doesn't work for one to just wake up and suddenly find themselves the top ranked site for X, Y, and Z. That just doesn't happen. It does take like, it's a lot of blood, sweat, and tears and a few glasses of wine. Yes. I'm glad you added that in there. That is so true. Um, I think you and I met through the Facebook group in 2016 and started chatting about everything. And then when we connected in 2019 was at that conference is when I first heard you talk about sourcing your own olive oil, which I have gone back to that story many times. I may have even shared it here in the podcast, like how inspired I was by that because I don't know the story. So I'm going to say my assumption from the outside is that it came from your history and it came from what you were hearing from your community. Is that correct? Or is there a totally different way you came upon the olive oil thing? No, that's correct. So like after, so since from 2016 to 2018 or late 2017, people had kind of now, there were quite a few people kind of consistently partaking of the recipes. And then we started getting emails of like, hey, you call for olive oil a lot, which I, I, that's what I cook with. And we are not sure what to buy. And can you tell us what should we look for? And there's so much fraud out there and it's so expensive and it doesn't taste right and all that. So I kept collecting these emails from people and sometimes they'll be like, well, what about this spice? I can't find it anywhere near me. And I was like, you know what? we're going to try to find something for these people because let's see if we couldn't make it happen that they would just have one place they can go for the recipes and pick up whatever items that they couldn't find near them. Uh, and why not? So I was on the hunt for some, it, like I was starting to taste different olive oils and from different parts of the Mediterranean. And then this was just such a chance Thing, but one of my readers uh, shared something on Facebook, a recipe, and mentioned something about her family's olive oils in Greece. And so, and then she connected back with me and she said, Hey, you know, we, my family produces olive oils in Greece. Would you like a sample, like for yourself, for me, like as a gift or to sample it or something? And I'm wow. like, Yes, I would. I am. <laughs> I totally would send it, you know, so she sent it. And then I said, Hey, do you mind if I talk to you? I want to call you and teach me about this olive oil. And she, she really just like told me the story of how they produce it and their family had been in it for a hundred years. And then I said, can you help me get to them? And can we source some of this really good oil for the Mediterranean dish? And we made it happen. And she said, okay, we can start small. And I, I also was going at it from the standpoint of like, we're going to try it out. We're going to test it. If it's helpful to somebody and people keep coming back for it, then we're going to cross that bridge when we can. We, couldn't, we didn't even know like how much we would sell, if any. 
what if we oversold and we didn't have enough? Like, would her family, would these people be able to support this business? We didn't know that. We just were like, let's do it. Let's see if it would do anything. And we didn't overpromise anything. We said, hey, here it is. We have these two oils. They come from this particular part of Greece. This is their acidity level. This is the, this is the estate from which it came from. This is the olive from which it came from, which is wow. 90% of the time not available to you. You don't know sometimes when you're picking up some olive oil at the store, if you didn't read very closely, mm. you could be buying just like a, a, an oil that's a blend of olive oil and something else. Mm. The olive oil percentage maybe is so small. You could be buying a blend of like, okay, one quality olive and like 15 other inferior olives from all over the place. Mm. And it's right. Blends are not necessarily bad, but there's just a lot of like, you have to know what you're picking up. And I think I could sense people's frustration. And so we went after it and they kept buying. And we we are now, I think, one of her top clients. And we've been able to then do a similar thing with um, a supplier who's able to get us some amazing oils from Italy and Spain even from California, because sunshine in California is very similar to the Mediterranean climate. And it's, and for, for people who need an everyday olive oil, it's a great one too. So now we have a family of olive oils. Mm, how cool yeah. that she just messaged you like from a happenstance, you know, comment, this mm-hmm. whole beautiful story develops. And I, I can't help but think it's not the same as the widow in the market, but it's this thing that has a very granular connection to say, I want to support you because I see value in what you have. And I know that purchasing the olive oil is just one part, but it's, it's allowing you to bring that to people because I had no idea about, I mean, it sounds a lot like wine, right? Like you can have blends of wine, like you have blends of olive oil and people now their problem, their pain point is being solved in your olive oil saying, well, we've solved all those things of like, what's in it? What's the olives? What's the percentage? What's the acidity level? Now we're going to bring it to you and you can, you can now do it. And that branches out into other areas and that it's risky, but it paid off in such a huge way. Yeah. And it, and it has its pains. Like a lot of people would reach out to me about like, well, launching their own physical products. It is a whole big beast. And I couldn't have done it without my husband, who's really in charge of that whole thing. And we have recently now, we used to fulfill the orders out of our own um, warehouse here in, in Alfreda in, Atl- in the Atlanta area. And we have just recently moved to a third party uh, because it has just become. It's hard to manage all the pieces and they have figured out a way that they would do it better for us and it's better for everyone involved. Uh, and so it's just a process and it's not for everybody, but it works for us and we're willing to kind of stick with the pain points of it for a while and see mm-hmm. what happens next. Uh, so, and you connected, okay, so here's where we're going to connect some of the Pinterest dots. So you have quite a bit of followers now, 271,000. I looked yesterday, a little bit over like 11.5 million monthly impressions, which we don't put a, a ton of stock into that, but that's, that's a seen amount. Like we want to look at it and say, there's a lot of, um, visualization in there and you connected your shop, which increases checkouts, right? So I would love to know in, you know, the business side of things, I'm going to make an assumption so you can tell me if I'm wrong. Um, would you say Google, Pinterest, top traffic drivers, Instagram, other platforms, top like brand awareness, community builders? Is that correct? Yeah, that all the things work together. Mm-hmm. Yes, for sure. Do you have a favorite platform of them all that you're enjoying these days that you're like being fueled by? Uh, I... I want to say, I don't know if I do this because I enjoy it more or that I just naturally do it. Uh, I have someone that helps me with social media. And of course, 
simple pin manages pinches, so I don't ever have to even look at it. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, helpful. <laughs> which is, you know, really a huge, a huge blessing. And I have someone who does, she, she'll do some additional pinning, like depending on what else we want to stress that our simple pin media manager is doing something else. And this person supplements a little bit here and there. But I personally probably spend more time on Instagram um, just because I feel like that's where people are really kind of reaching out on a personal level and want to tell you their stories. And I've just been so blessed to hear from people like what's been life changing for them and how can I help them more and whatever. Uh, versus like on Pinterest, I think the best service you can do to people for people on Pinterest is to actually like make really good pins that are clear so that people like if somebody's looking for the best mashed potatoes, they won't miss it. That's why you serve somebody on Pinterest. Just you make something available in this quick click for them in that second that they're deciding that this is going to be something they need to do. You don't interact with them to that level on Pinterest. And so I feel very 125, what, 200% confident that the person over at Pinterest at, at Simple Pin Media is taking care of that very well. So I'm not spending my time there, but I am trying to uh, maybe communicate more on Pinterest and Facebook with different people just because of that personal element. Well, and I think you you make a great point that I think a lot of new business owners struggle with, right? Is like putting them in the appropriate categories. Like you said, I'm on Instagram because I'm connecting with people and I'm really getting to know them and people are DMing me and there's this really great bridge of getting to know who you are and your story. Whereas people on Pinterest are back at that very beginning. They might be the person who's like, I've just been prescribed the Mediterranean diet. Now I'm going to go look at this Mediterranean thing or dishes and they're searching and they're totally cold to you. They don't know you. They don't know your story. And they're like, oh my gosh, this person has all these amazing recipes. Now I'm going to follow them, which is an indication of you know, having almost 300,000 followers and then I'm going to check out even the products and I'm going to see like, oh, there's this connection here between recipe and solution with the spices and the olive oil. Now I'm going to go to your website, right? And there, it's like this meandering and then eventually they get to pin to Instagram where they can be like, quote unquote, face to face with you. But it's such a good supplement. And I think a lot of new business owners don't realize how the ecosystem works. Like one complements the other they're not the same. Exactly. Absolutely. This is the perfect way to put it, to put it uh, because it, so as a business owner, you're going to decide where am I going to spend my efforts personally, like my time, right? I'm going to divide my time between these million tasks. And there are some that require you to personally be there. And there are some that don't, but you do have to be present in these different platforms. So for me, a huge solution was to pass on Pinterest to the capable hands of Simple Pin Media and forget about it. I honestly don't at all spend a whole lot of time there. Uh, and, and what the blessing in that is, the person managing our Pinterest account, that person is spending a lot of time because that's her specialty on Pinterest. And so she's seeing what are people looking for? Uh, oh, oh! I remember the Mediterranean dish has this sort of recipe. I'm going to make sure that that gets out. And, and she's actually has her hand a lot, a better handle on what to pin to serve that consumer better than I do because of how much time she's spending on that platform. So you've got to decide where are you going to spend your energy and time as, you know, say the brand uh, itself? And But how else can you serve the consumer and who can do it better? And that's when you kind of start to see the exponential growth because I, I've been learning lately as we started to hire more people to help us. 
of how valuable it is to have more minds and more more energy around the brand. Because one person alone couldn't do it all. Couldn't no. One person alone can do it, but they won't do it well. Yes. And and I would add to that, like your sweet spot is your personal stories, is your personal brand. Like that's what you're an expert in. You're an expert in recipe creation and you're an expert in how to pass on these stories that build connection and can speak to it so fluently and clearly. Whereas if I was to come in and try to take over that position for you, there's no way I could ever do it because I'm not connected with it. So it's like, you don't need to be an expert in video. You don't even need to have that in your brain, right? But you do need somebody else who can be like, help me tell the story that I have in here with this recipe through this video medium, because I don't understand that, but I do understand my story. Exactly, exactly. So I, I just think that you, you have to, in the world we live in right now, you do have to be able to use these different channels and you need to use them effectively. Otherwise, you are just wasting your time and energy. And that's the way that I've just kind of chosen to like, I'm going to focus on, uh, on those personal connections and someone else will do a much, much better job at managing my Pinterest account. And that's how it works. Yeah, it's, it's true for sure. So I want to end with uh, two things. One, tell us about the cookbook because that I would love to hear the story of how that came about and that process because one, I hope people listening will go buy it. But number two, people will connect with it too. Those who are maybe thinking, do I want to write a cookbook or even a regular book? There's a lot of conversation these days about writing people's stories and their process and all those kinds of things. So how did the cookbook come about? Uh, that's another really, really cool. So I, and this may be uh, too personal to share, but I just believe that uh, you as a person, there are people that are going to come, come into your life for such a time as this. Somebody's going to show up in your life. And there's a purpose for them to be in your life, to be your friend. Uh, and uh, in in uh, January, I believe, was it 2018, 2019? It might have been. Well, it was one January, one beautiful January. I had, this was after a an Ad Thrive conference that I had attended in the fall of that year. And now I can't remember if that was maybe probably fall 2018. And, and, uh, two friends I had met, uh, Liz and Lauren, who manage the, uh, who are behind the, uh, the site called Taste Better from Scratch. Amazing. Uh, so Lauren owns the site and Liz is her twin sister. And I, I met them at a conference and we became instant friends. And the January following, they had come to Atlanta from, I think at the time, uh, uh, Lauren's in Arizona. So they flew in and uh, we met up at my house and I was just doing a video day in which, you know, I said, come see how we do video uh, and we can talk about the process and whatever. And so they came and uh, at the end of the long day, we just went to have dinner together and the two of them just sat me down and lovingly said, you need to do a book. And I was like, well, I had heard that before because, because a lot of our followers have been asking, are you going to come up with a book? Is there going to be something in print that I can hold in my hand and use? And for the longest time, I was like, you know, when I entered this whole thing, I wasn't even so sure that I would be doing it for this long. And I didn't consider a book. And I, I didn't know that I could handle it. And I didn't know that I, somebody would actually sign me on. Like I, I just was kind of like blissfully ignorant to the whole thing and was okay with it, to be honest. And, and, uh, this is, this is what a true friend will do for you. They will tell you the truth and they will say, and so they were like, you need to do a book. And, um, here's, here's our, a couple of names 
of Asians that they knew of. They didn't at the time have a book. They do now. Um, and they, they kind of just really made me think about it seriously. They were like, you need to have that you, and, and people need it. And so I took, I took their words to heart and I tried to connect with a couple of agents and I had a conversation with my current agent and uh, she was like, she asked me some hard questions and I had to come up with a reason why my book was meaningful and why it would fill a need. And, um, and she's like just a very, another, another amazing person to have in my life because she's also very straightforward and was like, there's a million and one books for cookbooks. And there are enough, at least from what we see in Mediterranean. So what are you going to offer that people aren't offering? So I, I gave her my answer and she signed me on and we went to work and it took a couple of years and it, and it, it just came out in September. Mm, I love that. I mean, it's so true. I think in this business, there's a lot of voices. There's a lot of thoughts. There's a lot of methods. There's a lot of all these things. But when you get somebody who knows you well and asks you the hard questions and gives you the truth, you stand back and you listen and you say, huh, this person knows me here. But this person over here doesn't know me and they don't they don't even know that I'm maybe even reading their stuff. Right. And so the person I need to put energy, the person's voice I need to put energy into sometimes are those people who know me so well in this business, you know. So what a, I agree with you, there's people that come into our lives for these moments, these times that will give us the wisdom that we need and the truth that we need in order to propel us into the next phase. And for you, I, lo I love that you also said from the moment of somebody telling you, this is what I think I see for you. It's almost like speaking that dream into somebody else, right? It took yeah. a couple years. It wasn't like, okay, I'm going to sit down and write a book. You got to wrestle these things out. And yeah. cookbooks, from what I hear, are, they're not oh, for the faint of heart. It's a lot. Yeah. It's, a, it's a big process and you do have to and I realized working on it that if I didn't, if I didn't truly love what I do, and if I didn't really have a story to tell, I don't know how I would have come up with it. I think it just, it does kind of put you face to face with, there's no going back now. Uh, and so I'm, I'm blessed to have had, there's still, there, there, we, we, we joke about how we're like triplets. Obviously, I'm this Egyptian girl, and they're obviously not. And <laughs> but we're very close in that I can call on them, and they will tell me the truth. And I would do the same for them. Yeah, yeah. So let's say you are picturing somebody today is sitting in the same seat you were in 2014, and they are either have left a job or in, you know, recent months, there's been this layoffs of jobs, right? You, they, the place they find themselves is somebody giving them a suggestion of starting to tell their food story, if you will, and to begin that recipe box. I think I hear from a lot of people, they feel like the market is saturated or there's no space for them. I guess what advice would you give somebody who's in that same seat you were in in 2014 about how they can tell their story in this world? Yeah, that's such a good question. And, and yeah, there is some truth to the fact that there is just a million people producing content and it's not just food, right? There's only so much time people are able to, you know, give you their attention, right? So when you're sitting on your phone and you're consuming content you're not just looking at food, you're looking at food, maybe the latest in the news, maybe some fashion, like it's a bunch of things. So you're not just trying to share among the food space, you're really, the competition is beyond food, right? And it can feel so daunting, like where, where do I fit in this whole sea of people? And in my experience, I almost and this maybe isn't the best advice, but I'll tell you from, and even now, even today, and I've been in this a few years now, 
I just shut it all out. For me, I just don't. Uh, because the moment that I get myself, the moment my head goes there and I get in this like, uh, are people looking at my stuff anymore? Are, am I doing anything that's helping anybody? And look at all these things, like look at this person doing this thing. And it's it, the temptation of, there's a book called The Comparison Trap. Temptation to compare, it's a trap. So I think the first bit of advice is when you're just starting out, don't even try to compare yourself to people who have been doing this for many years. They do have experience. They have teams and it's never just one person. And they couldn't get there without all of that. And you're not there yet. So I think the first piece of advice would be to sit down with yourself and decide who am I? What's my story? What can I offer that I don't already see out there? For example, for me, when I started thinking about what am I gonna, what am I gonna write about? And obviously for me, I was thinking about my daughters. So it was a natural thing for me to pass on Mediterranean recipes with the flavors that I love. Um, so think about that. What can you offer? Is it Midwestern recipes? Is it, so I think niching down, not just necessarily a genre or like a category of food, but niching down to who you are and what you can offer is going to go a long way. We still have that discussion today and there's, I think seven of us now uh, in the business. And we still have discussions of like, well, as we're doing our editorial planning, what should we be, you know, what should we talk about next? What are the recipes we're going to produce? And we always come back to who are we? Who are we serving? What are we offering that's not out there? I mean, for goodness sakes, we do not need to put out one more chicken recipe that looks exactly like this, right? So. The thing that has helped me, and I'm not, I mean, there are huge sites out there that are great, that are offering general uh, uh, recipes that are very helpful to most people. That's just not us. We have to stick to not just, not just what we're trying to help people accomplish, but also who we are. Who we are is the number one, the one-stop shop for modern Mediterranean cooking and the Mediterranean lifestyle. I'm sorry that I can't offer you a meatloaf recipe, but I will offer you the next best thing. And, and that sort of thing, those hard questions to ask yourself, and are you okay living with, what are you okay living with, would be the second question. Like, okay, now I know who I am. Now I know what sort of content resonates with me that I can offer that is very unique to me? And what am I willing to live with? Because you're not going to get there overnight. So you're going to have to make some decisions on how, what does your life look like and what can you live with? What can you struggle with that you can handle? Because it is a long road. That would be the two things I would focus on. Fantastic encouragement and advice to someone. And I really appreciate that shut it all out piece because I think as you do niche down and as you do focus, it's very, I picture, you know, somebody, you know, really looking down and shutting it all out, but we get, we look up and then we look at somebody else. And I have this phrase that I use, which is um, like, don't compare yourself to somebody else's business. Like, that is that is their business. That is not my business. My business is here and I need to stay focused on it. And that's your advice to that person who's sitting in that seat, looking all around and feeling this like, it's like you almost find yourself shrinking back. But I think in your statement of what you just said of this is who we are and this is what we produce, it's a standing up a little bit taller and going, here's what I have to offer you. And it's not for everybody, but I think it's pretty great. So if you want to stick around, great. We'd love to have you. If not, we're okay with that too. And that is such a huge sign of growth, right? Over the last six years to be able to stand in that place and confidence. And and I just, I, you know, before we close this, I just want to say how cool it is that 
you start with this one thing and of just of recipes, right? And then you go into olive oil and then you go into spices and then you go into a cookbook. And it, it's like this laying a brick, you know, as you go along mm-hmm. and building this really cool pathway for people that is just super encouraging. Thank you. Yeah. One day at a time. One day at a time. Yeah. One day for sure. Okay. So now that we've talked about all the amazing recipes that you have and all the stuff that you set up for people, where can people go to connect with you and start consuming your recipes and even just watching from the sidelines as another business owner? Uh, well, it's the Mediterranean dish.com is our home, our website, and our shop is a part of that. Um, and I am at the Mediterranean dish on almost all channels. I'm not much on Twitter, but everything else you can find at the Mediterranean dish. Uh, and yeah, that's about it. I love it. Well, thanks, Susie, for sharing your story and being so open and encouraging about it. I think I think so many people need to hear more stories like this because it, it's grounding and it's very um, honest and true about what it looks like. And it's not overnight success, but it's this really hard work investment and continuing to just really plow ahead. And I love that I got the honor of listening to it and then getting to broadcast it for everybody else and just really appreciate your time here on the podcast. Thank you so much, Kate. And I'm just going to like a little shameless plug, but if people are looking for help with Pinterest, I cannot recommend enough media. And we've had a great, a great um, uh, relationship for years now. And uh, we're just so blessed that we don't have to worry about it. Mm. Uh, So great. And thank you for that. I'm a fan of you personally as well. And I, I'm so excited we got to connect today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that. And we did not ask Susie for that. That was completely unprompted and (laughs) unsolicited advice. But if that's one place you can relieve some burden. That's right. That's right. Well, thank you for that. And for show notes, go to simplepinmedia.com slash 319. And you can check out any of the links there. Thanks again, Susie. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Kate. Thank you. Thank you.